This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. There's a new movie that is dramatizing the rise and fall of Napoleon. Napoleon stars Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon Bonaparte. Here's a clip from the trailer. No doubt you've seen the chaos in the streets. Marie Antoinette walks amid an angry crowd. We must make an example. Our France will fall. She's placed in the guillotine. The blade drops. What would you do if this assignment of defense was transferred to you? Cannons are aimed at approaching crowds. Napoleon covers his ears. The cannons fire. People scatter. I promise you brilliant successes. Soldiers salute as Napoleon walks off. From Ridley Scott, the acclaimed director of Alien, Blade Runner, Gladiator, Black Hawk Down, American Gangster, The Martian. At a grand ball, Napoleon meets a woman. What is this costume you have on? This is my uniform. Soldiers scale a wall under fire, including Napoleon. I led the French victory at Toulon. Cannons fire at ships, which explode and burn. What is your name? Napoleon. As the course of my life just changed. Napoleon. In Egypt, he gazes at the Sphinx. I'm destined for greatness. But those in power will only see me as a sword. Cavalry charges a line. I suggest you take the throne as a king. Soldiers rush into a palace and level their weapons at the assembly. Napoleon enters the chamber. Shall we vote? Napoleon is out in theaters. Entertainment critic Amy Amanti made the trek out to the theater to review the film. Hey, good morning, Amy. Good morning, Dave. Amy, uh, going to the theater uh, both has a financial toll and uh, some logistical hassles. Why did Napoleon drag you out of the house? Well, there's a couple of reasons why. One is because um, I'm kind of interested in this idea that Apple Films... uh, is doing so this is the second uh, of the apple original films to do this which is to trailblaze into the cinematic theatrical release genre so the first of them uh, if you didn't know was killers of the flower moon which i haven't seen that. i don't know if you've seen that one yet i know no, it's on your foot, list football watch. amy football it, football just occupies my brain for four months to four to five months a year so, so this is like the new plan of Apple TV Plus is to do these big theatrical lease- releases and then to follow up on streaming platforms. So I was kind of interested in how they're going to do that. And they're, they're putting in a billion dollars into this sort of new game plan. And second is because I and my mother uh, in 2019 traveled to Paris and we've actually been to Napoleon's tomb, oh, uh, to the site of yeah, to where Napoleon is is uh, is is buried, and uh, that was uh, really interesting. So we're kind of interested in French history, and I had been to the site, and so we thought, ah, you know what? You know, 
if there was a, a movie to be seen on the big screen, sometimes you want to see battle movies mm -hmm. on the big screen. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I also like that you identify the streaming approach here. I don't have Apple Plus, so yeah. uh, if I want to see this in any kind of due time, I need to see it in theaters because I'm not going to uh, subscribe for any more, any more uh, streaming services for me. Okay, historical drama. Clearly, this is a historical drama, battle-driven, character-driven, biographical. Where does Napoleon size up, pardon the pun, Paul Daniel put that in the script, uh, c come up when it rises to accuracy and depiction? Yeah, you know, there's a there's a couple of pitfalls with this type of genre in in and of itself in these sort of historical epics, right? Um, because they try and capture uh, a, a historical timeline, right? So of course, as you noted, this is the rise and fall sort of 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 Napoleon's um, a fame as a as a as a general as a French general, right? Um, so it's kind of a twenty year span, and so twenty years is a lot to capture in two hours and thirty eight minutes. Um, and so for me, uh, what ends up happening is that there are lots of gaps in this type of storytelling. Um, and so it makes kind of a fragmented story and it makes some assumptions that you as the viewer or the witnesser of the film comes in with a certain amount of knowledge of French history. So it kind of makes the assumption like, you know, in the trailer right off the beginning when they, they behead um, Marie Antoinette, does your viewer understand what happened to that point, why that happens? I don't know. Um, you know, the things that I knew about Napoleon before I even went into this film was born uh, in Corsica, uh, married a woman named Josephine, exiled to Elba, uh, emperor, a batter of Waterloo. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just a couple just a couple fun facts about Napoleon to get you started. Right? Yeah. Uh, so you know they they make they make these assumptions that you know you know about the coup. They talk about the coup, but they don't really talk about the coup. It's just a thing that comes up on the screen that says the coup, and you're like, well, what's the coup all about, right? Yeah, like, so yeah. don't, don't talk about this stuff really in any depth. So they're making a certain amount of assumptions that you kind of know a bit about French history before you come in. That's the that's the downfall of an epic in two hours and 38 minutes. Yeah, it speaks to the complexity of trying to tell that many years of story in such a short period of time. There's almost no way of uh, making sure the story doesn't feel fragmented. And that maybe speaks to something that Michael McNeely, entertainment critic on the show, has also talked about, that oftentimes a great biographical film might only really focus around one event or a short period of time to tell a more representative, broader story. But I also get the temptation. There's a lot of Napoleon's story to tell. So if you're Ridley Scott, you want to tell it all. Absolutely. Um, or you just have to take a much more thoughtful approach. And I was sitting in my seat in the theater thinking, what are some of the other sort of epical, ep ep epic um, timeline movies? And all I could think about was Braveheart you know, set aside sort of the anti-Semitic stuff that we learned about Mel Gibson after the fact. But in that movie, there, again, it's a series of battles, but there is something narrative in there mm. that sort of pulls at you and brings you in, um, which is not necessarily the same for this film, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Okay. That, that's a that's a yeah. very that's a very fair criticism. There's yeah. also been some controversy around the movie. What are people bringing up? Well, I, 
again, I, I'm not sure that it, controversy is necessarily the, the right term to use, but I think it's really about how fragmented this film really is. Um, some of it is a bit about how um, Joaquin Phoenix is playing uh, the role of Napoleon, um, which I, I know you're going to ask me about uh, his performance as well. So maybe we'll combine these two. I just, just, the Amy, Amy, just throw it out there. Don't wait for me to throw it out there. If, yeah. if, 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 so if, the if his performance is part of it, please. Yeah, the, the fragmentedness of this film and the way his performance is in that. Um, and listen, I wasn't there from I don't know anything about Napoleon. I wasn't there. I didn't, I didn't have a conversation with the man. Right. Um, so but he plays Napoleon in this way where sometimes he's very childlike and sometimes he's very um, sometimes he's very mean and sometimes he's very sort of dictator like and sometimes he's uh uh, very soft and gentle. And so there's this real sort of dynamic difference in, in, in these moments that you have with him. Um, but again, these moments are fleeting and, and fast and they move quickly. And I think for me, sometimes that was really difficult to figure out who and what kind of person this was and mm. whether this was historically accurate and based on what, or whether this was Joaquin Phoenix doing a walking phoenix thing um right and so mm. those are kinds of the, the things that i i think about in terms of maybe some of the things that have been talked about around this film and you know i think what ridley scott is going to do about this is and we kind of touched on this with with what apple tv is planning to do with these theatrical releases is following up with these uh, theatrical leases on the streaming platforms with director's cuts that give you much more time mm. so there's supposed to be a director's cut of this of napoleon released they don't have a date yet but they're sort of suspecting that it will be spring of 2024 so if you want to get apple tv plus <laughs> you can you can maybe get it in spring of 2024 or go to a friend's house right right now the director's cut is looking at about four hours uh and what they're also suspecting is that perhaps it'll be the first time ever where you will get the original theatrical next to the director's cut where the viewer the subscriber in this case can choose which one they would like to mm. watch both not both right that kind of thing so you know this is a whole new thing that apple is doing to give the viewer choices but of course as you know if you have four hours you can expand on some of this fragmented stuff although what i've been reading is that it might go into a little bit more depth about how napoleon uh sorry about what josephine's life was like before she met napoleon which i was kind of like nah, i could do i could do with less of that okay <laughs> you're giving me a direct you're giving me a director's cut with less of what i want yeah, <laughs> or more of what i don't want yeah, if that is indeed what it is going to be about, and of course I haven't seen it, that is not what I need. <laughs> yeah, although I do, I do think there's some appeal to that. You, you sort of identified fragmented storytelling, maybe a little mm. bit of a breakdown. Let's be clear, nobody's going to go see a movie in theaters that's four hours long unless there's a guaranteed pee break intermission in between. That's right. Would you at yeah. least be tempted? Like, let, let's say that Josephine rumor isn't true. Would you at least be tempted to watch the director's cut if they promised you Ridley Scott was going to put the pieces together a little bit better? Yes, I am still tempted to watch the director's cut for a couple of reasons. One, I want to see if they address the fragmentation of this film. I want to see if there's a little bit more of the French history in there, sort of the richness of that for good or for good or not. Right. Um, and two, I want to see if the description changes. 
um, because the description for me in this film was hugely problematic. Um, and I was trying to find out where and who wrote this description and I couldn't find it anywhere. Cause you know, typically at the end of the film, it'll tell you who described the film mm. and it's not there. Um, so like this is just a handful of examples for you, Dave, right at the top, it says, uh, it, you know, so this is a typical film where you've got, uh, video clips and credits happening at the same time. And so, you know, the, the describer has to choose, but in this case, you've got picture and then you've got black screen with credits. So really you don't have to, right. You can do both. So it would describe the, the what's happening in the, in the video. And then it would say credits, but not give me any credits. So why even tell me there are credits there, but not give me any credits? Okay, so that's just one thing. And then it would use language like in Egypt, it would say that they are uh, at, at an Egyptian coffin. Well, that's not a thing in Egypt, right? Like we know that describers use language that fits in with the world. So you could use tomb, you could use sarcophagus, and there's lots of time for description. Oh. There's very like there's lots of room for description. So you could say a sarcophagus, which is a you know a traditional Egyptian tomb, whatever, right? There's lots of space for that kind of stuff. And even, you know, I don't know, Dave, when you shave in the morning, are you shaving a beard? Uh, so like <laughs> yeah you're right well, maybe you are I, no maybe no you no are. well it grows it grows fast but not that fast so you know this is the thing when napoleon shaves it says he's shaving his beard but he's really shaving like the stubble from yesterday that's not a beard and josephine's uh had a, a shirt that she was wearing sort of off the shoulder and it says it exposed her chest and that's a very different thing for me especially when you're talking about the 1800s mm -hmm. so an exposure of the chest is a bare a woman with a bare chest. And so it made me think about, I was wondering about whether this was, can't, but I can't find any details about it. Well, because AI generated narration would come up with these things that aren't quite right, but sort of halfway right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. that was, it was a miss, a miss for me. Okay, the description, no good. Okay, so keep in mind that maybe you found the storytelling to be a little fragmented and the audio description wasn't particularly good. Should I fork out my hard-earned money and take the time to trek out to the theater before this one hits the streaming services? Well, I mean, if you like good popcorn. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. There are lots of great things about this movie. Truly, there are. I mean, the uh, amount of money that they put into the costumes and sort of the uh, historical um, setting of it is astonishing. So if you've got partial sight and you can make out any of that, some of that world building is beautiful. And if you can take advantage of a big, big screen to do it, do it. Um, the second thing about it is, is that there were things about Napoleon that I learned. Uh, did you know that he was married to uh, uh, an Austrian? I don't know this. So, you know, uh, I didn't know that he had a relationship with Russia. Uh, so there are all sorts of things that I did learn that I had no idea existed. So, you know, there are some pros to going to see this this movie and some of the other acting in this movie is great. Other than, and I, I this is all, always the thing that I get on, Dave, and, and I've never said it before, maybe I have, is why is it in every movie where they have French characters that they have British accents? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a strange one for sure. 
right? So in, in the, no different in this movie. I, in, in all the light we cannot see, those French characters had British accents. The Germans had German accents. Ancient Romans and ancient Greeks always seem to have English accents too in, in historical dramas. I just, you know, so the same in Napoleon, they, the, the Frenchmen all have British accents, but, you know, the... Uh, the Russians have a Russian accent and the Austrians have a like, it's like So I don't understand how that piece works. You know, I think about one of my favorite movies and plays, Les Miserables. Yep, they all have British accents and it's it's French. <laughs> so um, there's a thing for you. But yeah, you know, if you if you have time on your hands, it's actually quite a beautiful cinematic um, uh, thing to see on a big screen. So it's, it's, it's worth your 15 bucks. Okay, very good. A chance to support. I wouldn't maybe go see it in VIP but it's worth your 15 bucks. Well, that's the only way I like to see movies. Amy, thank you for this. Have a great day. All right, Dave. That's Amy Amanti, entertainment critic with a review of Napoleon. Napoleon is out in theaters and is rated R. Coming up after the break, I've got a short regional news update for you, and then Brock Richardson reacts to what was a very busy football weekend in the National Football League. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.